You big dummy. You big dummy. You big dummy. Well, we got another episode of Dummies on the Dirt Clod, highlighting some of the stunts from the stupid people on this dirt clod out in space. I'm Eric Lane, and um, don't forget, now, um, I've got other podcasts that I do, uh, which is called uh, Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World, and uh, you're more than welcome to check that out also. Uh, just uh, you can search out uh, Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World on your favorite podcast. It comes out twice a week now. I have a midweek bonus episode that uh, comes out right around the middle of the week or so, which has got my um, typical uh, genius awards that I like to give out to, to folks, uh, as well as the um, insane news in review, some of the headlines, okay? And uh, actually, I actually post some of the um, news and some of the genius awards on my web, on my Facebook page. You can like that if you want. Insane Eric Lane on Facebook, and I do some tweeting also at Insane Eric Lane on Twitter. So if you want to follow me there, that's kind of your own. You do that at your own risk. But uh, some risks, though, um, don't always turn out so good. And that's whenever I get them and talk about them here, because you're probably a dummy on the dirt clod. Like, um, well, how do you deal with some dummies? You know, how do you, especially if that dummy is your co-worker. That might be somebody you work with that you just totally hate. It's a long-standing feud, maybe. Or maybe you just want to avoid them. And just keep your head down. You know, try not to make eye contact. Maybe they're somebody that's just really harassing you. Well, maybe you have to go to your boss. But if you think it's a workable relationship that could be fixable, I got four steps for handling it yourself before you have to have someone to intervene. Okay, start with empathy. Now, be open to the idea that, well, you might be part of the problem. I love the meme that I've seen sometimes on social media that says, if you have a problem with most everybody you meet, it could be the problem is you. Well, even if it really is all their fault, just think about what's causing it. I mean, we've all had a stressful year, right? Things might be going on behind the scenes you don't know about. Second, uh, decide if uh, you should maybe confront them directly. Some people, you know, respond well to it. Some don't. And so before you try to fix anything, you might have to figure out how direct you want to be. And third, uh, look for some things that you might have in common. Anything. I mean, even if it's a TV show or a Netflix show or something you both like, or, or just try to include them in something, you know, like drinks or coffee after work, maybe just the extension of an olive branch might be able to turn things around fast. And finally, if it's a hopeless situation, the best thing to do is to make friends with everybody else. See, it's a lot harder for them to make your life difficult if everybody else at work likes you. Yeah, I, 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 I think of one particular coworker. I don't necessarily talk about him on the radio, but... We all remember Dave Berman. Yeah, he, he was one. It's amazing the amount of improvement that we had in the morale after he departed. But one of my favorite things I did, we, we, it, was a, it was a chore to work with that guy. I won't, I won't make any beans about it. But um, you either loved him or you absolutely hated him. There was no in-between. But uh, one, one of my favorite stories about him was... Uh, where our studios are located, it's right next to the Burner Burger King, you know, in uh, right in the Lewistown area, uh, here in Central PA. 
and I used to go over, and I could mess with his mind so well. He was doing a show on um, one of the other stations in the building, and um, so I went over next door to Burger King, got breakfast, went in. I usually have a good rapport with most of the staff at Burger King. At the time, most of the staff did not have this equal type of uh, rapport with Dave Berman. Nevertheless, I went over, got my breakfast, you know, paid for it, have a nice day. And I asked him, I said, now, before I take this bag of my breakfast, would you please um, write on the bag, uh, you know, uh, we lo- uh, for Eric Lane or something like that. Something like, um, you know, we love Eric Lane or something like this. Just write it on the bag. <laughs> so... I went back over to the back across the parking lot to the studio and I walked in carrying my Burger King breakfast. And of course, Dave loves to eat and loves to eat fast food. He sees me coming in with my bag and his eyes gets real big. And I said, Dave, look what I got. Showing him the bag of food that I paid for, but he read the message on the bag that said, you know, we love Eric Lane. And he automatically assumed they gave it to me. He's like, how do you get free food? They make me pay for it. See, this, see, whenever I deal with annoying coworkers, I get inside their head and take up residence in there. It, it's, it was the most fun I've ever had. Yeah. To that extent, I guess you might say I kind of miss them. <laughs> but anyway, definitely, I don't know if he was a cool dad, but I know this. I know how you can become a cool mom. I know a lot of moms who would like to be considered a cool mom. My wife, though, she says... She wants to be known as the fun sucker. I want that put on my tombstone. I'm like, well, you can have it put on yours. I'll have a separate grave away from you after I die. I don't care for, you know, I'm like, if, you, if you're happy being known as the fun sucking mom, then go ahead. But I don't know. Being a cool mom, it's obviously not that hard to do. I mean, even if it goes totally against every fiber of your personality. But there's a new survey was out asking adults about what makes somebody a cool mom. And well, the top two things are this. Number one, she talks openly with her kids about anything and everything. Yeah, anything. Okay, let your mind wander on that one a little bit. And then she lets her kids get away with some of the things that a uh, quote-unquote normal mom would not while growing up. I got that? So, like, if you want to be a cool mom, talk to the kids about sex, let them drink in the basement. But even if you can't bring yourself to do that, I am thinking once your kids grow up, they're still going to appreciate everything you bring to the table because, you know, the survey also found 68% of adults say they have a cool mom, which is why all the cool moms get most of the nicer presents for Mother's Day, and dads get deodorant. Well, this guy definitely, I don't know what kind of dad he's going to be, but he's certainly not a very good grandson. Of all the bad things that happened to this poor guy, I feel that well, maybe the one that still stings the most is feeling the grandma's wrath. Yeah, well, that's one story that I got coming up that I'm talking about with my insane Florida nephew. Yes, indeed. Pancho Guero is on the way, coming up. Um, and I, when I when I had a chance to talk to him, he actually, um, well, had just gotten back from a lovely evening dining with Chick-fil-A. Yeah. 
Well, how was the old Chick-fil-A tonight? Oh, it's, uh, it, I mean, delicious as always. And what made it even better was that I got to share some of my waffle fries with some of the geese that were <laughs> coming up to us in the park and uh, eating it right out of my hands. I, I, I have to say, we don't get to, to share our waffle fries with geese when we go to our Chick-fil-A in State College. <laughs> we, we it's gosling season down here so that we uh parked we, we brought the the little high chair with us just took the seat off so that yeah. way we we kind of parked down and we're, we're in the spot where um we're right off the river there's a drawbridge actually right next to us and um and so behind us we've got the the i guess the cityscape of jacksonville over the water and then the other side you've just got a bunch of sailboats parked out there in the water that a lot of people just live off of. I actually saw just tonight uh, a couple people drop groceries off and just set it on the dock. And um, I guess it was like one of those grocery delivery things. And and I, I see out in the distance a little dinghy leaving a motorboat leaving from one of the boats, the sailboats parked out there. And I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, I was like, Miss Poncho. This guy's gonna go pick up his groceries at this dock. Watch this, and she's like, "What? No, no, no!" And then, sure enough, like two minutes later, he makes it to shore, and parks right up next to it. Talks with the guys who drop the bags off, and he loads his groceries up in his his little motorboat, drives it back to his his uh, boat <laughs> that he lives on. So I, I'm not ready to sell the house to live on a boat. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, that's what. <laughs> life in florida well you said you're near a drawbridge i hope to the lord you didn't like do a dukes of hazard jump over the drawbridge <laughs> the, the i don't think you could here what it would look more like um driving full speed under a semi into the back of a semi truck uh <laughs> considering it does not lift up on both sides like like yeah. you would think of a ramp it yeah just uh th there's a, a little center piece there that literally rises up so it it kind of looks um wow. it, it it doesn't give you that ramp look there you're, you're literally seeing the the road in front of you kind of still wow. parallel to the ground just on a on a three-dimensional plane there at least you saw little goslings and geese there, there was a, the one goose kept uh heavily chasing all the other geese away from from its <laughs> goslings all right, so of all the bad things that could happen to this guy, I feel like the one that still stings the most is feeling his grandma's wrath. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a 29-year-old Florida man named Justin Lorison who showed up drunk at a woman's house in Castleberry, Florida, and asked for help. Why? Well, because his grandma kicked him out. So the woman didn't want to invite him inside, so she offered to give him $100 for a hotel. And, well, in, in return, he threatened to set her house on fire. Oh, lovely. He told her, don't play. I will light your effing house on fire. And, well, the woman went back inside, looked out the window to see Lorison had left. Uh, the woman told police that she washes Lorison, then backed his gold Cadillac into her car shoving wow. it about a foot, and then drove off. Well, the cops found his Cadillac sinking in a pond. <laughs> and uh, he was, as he was speeding away, he ended up hitting another car, then lost control, and wound up careening into a retention pond. 
<laughs> when he swam back to the shore, he was promptly arrested. And, uh, well, he's been charged with a hit and run, driving under the influence, and reckless driving. Mm-hmm. Now, there you go. I think his, his initial threat was pretty shocking. I know people are saying that Florida real estate is on fire right now. But <laughs> it sounds like this guy took that a little bit too literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, again, I could just say karma. Right? He, well, I mean, it, it was his Cadillac that ended up in the water. So I thought, like, I thought he, he almost Jimmy Hoffa himself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I thought that yeah, well, happened in the movies or in the mob. Yes. Well, I, but to some degree, I know I have uh, I know all about grandma's wrath. Okay. I, I have probably stoked some of my grandma's wrath in, as, a, as a child. <laughs> I remember at least one time that I wanted to go outside and play and Grandma Ruby wouldn't let me do it because she was told by my mother that we're to stay inside or for whatever the reason. And I was going to go no matter what. And my uh, and she, she picks up my, at our at our house when I was a kid. We have these had these high back dining room chairs. I mean, these are really I mean, these these the backs of these chairs come all the way to the base of your head. So they're really high back wooden dining room chairs. Grandma picks up one of these chairs and shakes it at me. She says, I'll throw this thing through your head. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> but, and she, but she never tried to Ted Kennedy you, though, right? Never tried to do that. No, she never tried <laughs> to do that. No. But, but, but the thing is, she kept saying that she would have done it, too. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't say. <laughs> I know, I know this, this grandma, though, in this story, must have found a good loophole to boot this millennial kid out of her, well adult out of her house i don't know but i don't know you're I, fair to say millennial kid I, yeah right i can say that exactly <laughs> well here we've got uh, a gps snafu that almost led a, a groom to marry the wrong woman in indonesia <laughs> the, the groom here whose identity has not been disclosed used google maps now mm-hmm. i could have sworn this would have been an apple maps thing you know um <laughs> And he used Google Maps to get his wedding venue in Maglang. A, it's a city in central Java. Well, he, however, the, the, the engaged man wound up at the wrong address. And instead of arriving at the venue where his wedding was supposed to take place, the groom and his entourage stopped at the house that was highlighted on the location map. Unbeknownst to the group, an engagement party was actually being held, hosted at that house for another couple. Complete with loved ones and photographer present, whole mm. shebang. Wow. So it's it's not clear to the two groups that the mishap had occurred since the groom's guests assumed that the attendees who were already there were family members of the bride. <laughs> Meanwhile, the woman's family assumed that the new arrivals were family members of the fiancé. <laughs> so the fiancé and his family were actually late to the event, which didn't help either. And according to the bride-to-be, she said that she had been getting her makeup done at the time of her lost groom's arrival. Mm-hmm. So when the mistake was finally discovered, the groom and his wedding party promptly exited the home with their offerings in tow. And, well, I guess that's uh, better than attending the wrong honeymoon, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, that's something you never hear of, a GPS device giving bad directions. I, I We've got some Ask Poncho questions here. Well, I've got another one here. This one... Um, you know, a little different uh, is, is during the pandemic, my husband got really into brewing his own beer in the garage. A hobby I encourage because I think any hobby is good, and I'm a beer fan as well. 
mm-hmm. only my husband's homemade brew, which he calls the cure. Uh, <laughs> now, I've never had, uh, I'm just going to, this is Poncho talking for a minute. I've never had a drink called the cure that ever really ended up good. <laughs> I've heard a lot of drinks called the doctor and the cure, and it's usually a shot of apple cider vinegar with yeah. something else that's pretty bad to take uh, <laughs> without like being diluted down. Um, well, she says it's just terrible. Uh, I think he even doesn't like it, but is stubborn. So drinks it anyway. Oh yeah. Well, here's how bad it is. We have an 18 year old and he will neither drink it nor steal it. I haven't been drinking it because I said I'm trying to cut my calories. Should I tell him the cold brew truth? Yeah, go for it. I mean, you know, whatever. You don't have to drink his beer. And if he's drinking his beer anyway, look, if this is the first time he's ever brewed, then there's no reason why he can't go back and try to perfect it, try to make it better. But uh, you don't have to, you know, you say that let's be brutally honest. You don't have to be brutal about it. You know, but you don't have to also pretend like it's good. <laughs> yeah. In fact, maybe if she actually admits to him that it's terrible, he'll kind of agree with her. Yeah, that's that maybe. Yeah, you might you might be on the same page with them already. Yeah. It's kind of like the emperor's new clothes, don't you think? <laughs> it, it is. You're too afraid to tell him the beer sucks and he's walking around naked. <laughs> Because he's probably had too much beer. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know how how good beer is down in Florida. But uh, I know this. They have the Florida State Fair. That's typically the first in the nation. Um, You know, instead of doing summer like most people do, um, it gets, uh, they get the first crack at all the wonders of the deep fryer. Okay. You remember that whole craze with the glazed donut hamburger that you now find at most of the fairs around now? Guess what? The glazed donut hamburger debuted at the Florida State Fair. And so because of the pandemic, I guess the fair now is delayed by about two months. But, well, there you're going to find such delicacies. I don't know if you find, you know, you would find some kind of homemade beer, but you've got a pickle pizza, uh, hot Cheetos funnel cake, and a twist on the tater tots um, with peanut butter and spicy jelly among the gut busters. Oh, boy. Well, the vendors like to play with ex- expectations, I guess, making nachos from gelato and cookies or a sundae of chicken tenders drizzled with spicy Giardinus relish. Is it, or is it Giardinera relish? I, I don't know, whatever it is. It, it doesn't sound appetizing to me. I think a lot of this would probably just go hand-in-hand with some of the bearded ladies, two-headed babies, and the other freak shows found in the Sunshine State. You know? I don't know. They definitely have got interesting foods down in Florida. Maybe that's why they're you, you read about most of them in, you know, podcasts like this, you know. <sighs> I don't know if I had a gut full of pickled pizza and hot Cheetos funnel cake and tater tots with peanut butter and spicy jelly. I might do something crazy too, you know, I don't know. But this story, oh by the way, I I'll I'll just continue eating the fair food from all the great Pennsylvania fairs. That that's that's what I'm going for, folks, okay? But this, this is just, this is gold, okay? 
you know, I'm sure, you know, you know, kids have had to do a lot of extra burdensome work since they've not really had school the normal way. And especially when it comes time to do things like, um, you know, science fairs. I mean, the science fairs have been a little weird too. But this sixth grader, I think, has the best science, uh, sixth science fair project I have ever seen. Think about this for just a minute, okay? Uh, and I'm sure this sixth grader has done a lot of thinking about this while he was at home most of the time during the pandemic. But let's say you got a pet cat. And the cat's walking around the house. You know, we got a new little kitten. She's now going on about maybe eight months old. And the, the female cats are probably more like this than the male cats I found. But they press around the house and their tail sticking vertically straight up in the air. Okay, have you seen that? Now, that actually is a good sign because it shows that the, the cat's content. Uh, but, you know, when your cat's kind of prancing around the house with their tail sticking straight up, you really can't help but notice their, um, you know, that thing, the, you know, cat hole pointing right at you, right? You ever wonder just how many parts of your house that your cat is touching with that butt? A sixth grader in Tennessee named Caden Griffin well, he wondered that too, and he decided he's going to do God's work and tackle that question for his science fair project. He called the project, and this is a beautiful title. I loved it. Can you imagine going to a sixth grade science fair and going to this kid's display, and his sign above the project says, does your cat's butthole really touch all the surfaces in your home? <laughs> you know, you never really thought about that until you see that. Well, then he runs his experiment by, he, he does this by, and, and this is this is what's the beautiful part of it. He ran the experiment by actually putting non-toxic lipstick on his cat's um, anuses. I want to know who held the cat during this time. I mean, I can't even keep my cat held still to cut their nails. But then, um, dear Caden, begin to keep track of all the places where any of that lipstick showed up around the house. You want to know what the results are? Well, they may surprise you. Cats with long and medium hair didn't make any contact with hard or soft surfaces, but cats with short hair, well, they didn't make contact with hard surfaces. However, Caden did find some smears of lipstick on soft surfaces, you know, like the bed. Let that sink in. So I guess the good news is your cat isn't dragging their butt all over your house, which is why I like cats more than dogs. But if you do have a short-haired cat, eh, maybe not everything is completely safe. I'm just saying, okay? So you might want to keep that in mind anytime that uh, you are watching your cat prance around the house. <laughs> Uh, well, in any case, you know, I also like to uh, spend a little time um, reading, you know, Twitter. I mean, like I said, you, you can follow me on Twitter at Insane Eric Lane uh, on Twitter. And, and um, well, there, there is always, always a, um, a, a good saying. I, I, if I want a good, a good saying, I can always depend on Twitter. So I was reading some of the best tweets that have been out here of late, and I always like to end the podcast sharing one with you. And well, this one, I think this is really kind of good because uh, it kind of makes sense to me. I, 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 might, I might have even done the same thing, okay? This one is um, from Real Life Mommy, 
who tweets, When setting an alarm, may I suggest that you ensure the volume is off so you won't actually be woken up. And then you can just say, I didn't hear my alarm. Hey, you know what? You wouldn't be lying and you might get a pass on work. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, at any rate, don't forget, if this has got you craving for more, please check out my other podcast, Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. I got a lot of examples of stupidity. Again, it comes out two times every week, the midweek bonus episode with my Insane News and Review, the Genius Awards highlighting the dumbest stunts of the week. The regular episode, of course, comes with much more of uh, what you heard from my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero. Um, so search it out and subscribe and download it and share it, whatever you have to do from your favorite uh, podcast player. You can also find the most recent episodes on the Rooster Crew page at star967.com. And if you're listening to the podcast on your favorite app, uh, make sure you uh, rate this with a five-star rating and write a review. It actually gives the impression that this stuff is entertaining. You big dummy, you big dummy.